Well, you hear the voice of Peter Cetera, so that can only mean one thing. It is time for Amy Makes Us Try Stuff. Amy Makes Us Try Stuff, indeed. So we, are, jo- we are joined in the studio with Amy Poppinga, the uh, the titular character of this yes, podcast. Yes, yes. And who It'll else? Be the only time you use the word titular. I'm Chris Moore. All right. And I'm Sarah Shady. Who oh. is, I'm I'm a guest at today's roundtable. Um, we'll see if Amy can make me try something. I feel like I already do make you try lots yeah. of things, but That's I would true. make people like what? try. What's something you made, you made Sarah try? Eye makeup. Oh, eye makeup. That's <laughs> pretty true. We're going to try. Wait, a you new never stand up. Stand up paddleboarding. Oh, yes. comedy! I was hoping that was going comedy. Oh, oh, hair! We're gonna wave my hair. Yep, we're gonna. We have some new hairstyles that we're gonna work on. Will for there be summer. before and after photos? Yes. Oh, sure. sure. Why Scotch not? Eggs. Amy yeah, Scotch eggs. Oh, yeah. You guys were there for that. That didn't go over so well. Oh, but some I feel of us like. Went over. Oh, yeah, that's that was true. Great. There were three of us all liked it. I feel like the um, other thing, though, with having you here is I feel like you're something that I would make people try. Your friendship oh, is something that I would make people try. You are my oh. bestest buds. So, Thanks. yes. And, like, would never disappoint. Although I would get a little jealous, probably. Sure. So I have that problem. So I would not want to have everyone try your friendship because then maybe there wouldn't be <laughs> a friendship for me. It is zero-sum game. Oh, who are you? Oh, hi. I'm Sam Mulberry. Hi, Sam Mulberry. Yes. <laughs> this is a long time coming. Can you tell it's finals week here at Bethel University? Just a little bit. It's a little I looser. I feel like you can. Yeah. We also, some of us just consumed, I just consumed a piece of Sarah's mother's delicious rhubarb cake. With a homemade crust, Which apparently I can tell. you get when you bring your children to drop them off at her mom's yes, house and you get yes. a pie. Just you re- do. My it's, mom. A, it's, it's a strange economy right there. Give up children, get pie. I know. It's like win, 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 win. I just need to clarify though, your mom is not like a like a wicked witch, because that seems like the sort of deal she <laughs> yeah. a wicked witch yes, would make. Really. <laughs> Here I babysat some other kids yesterday. I've made a pie. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh my yes. mom loves to bake. Mm-hmm. Pies in particular, so yeah, oh, very nice. And pies are not easy. I think I'm very admiring of the homemade pie crust, and you can really tell that it's a homemade pie crust. Mm-hmm. So, did your mom use butter or lard or shortening, or does she use oil? a gentle blend of the three? A blend <laughs> oil. Do you know what she uses in her crust? That's a good question. She has one recipe that uses oil. Mm. It seems to me um, like an oil crust. Yep, I think that's what she's gone to. My grandma used to always use lard, yep. but my dad has heart problems, so lard has been banned from okay. the home. Now, my mm-hmm. mom has tried on multiple occasions to make gluten-free pie crust for me, and oh, when she handed me mm. this pie, she said, I've given up. I it's can't make gluten-free. healthy pie. And I said, the, the, yeah, there's no point in healthy pie. Right. We, we make pie no. the right way. You know, you can make a decent gluten-free pie, pie crust with, uh, like, almond flour, but right. it's a different type of, I feel like it works really nicely with, um, like, a cheesecake mm-hmm. where you already might have a, a nut-based crust, if you will. I'm pretty excited about where this conversation has just gone naturally <laughs> when I think about what's coming to us. But anyway, we, uh, we are we coming off of, we have some here. business yeah, to yeah. take care of. So in our last episode, along with discussing having watched uh, the first season of Justified, Justified which I also have actually tried ironically here completely unrelated i have tried to sell sarah shady on justified because i believe it is um sarah's husband jamie and my husband eric we have a kind of a foursome friendship Mm -hmm. and um and sarah and or jamie and eric will often actually do things together more so in the fall during hunting season, they like to will. kill things. They like together. to kill things together. They do indeed. Human beings. Human. Real clear here. They're yeah. hunters. And that's yeah, not like <laughs> killers of the human spirit. But like, um, 
And anyway, it's not the most dangerous game. That's what we're talking about. It here. is. That, right. um, but I have tried. I have tried to actually sell Sarah on Justified, saying I think Jamie would like this too. Right. And I think this would so be a good Jamie and Sarah really show. What we need to do is get Jamie involved in Amy makes us try we stuff do. because Jamie, yeah, I, I don't have a good sales pitch. Yep. So, so next time the four of us are out, I will okay. probably like make a case. Okay, so Sounds good. You're from Indiana, Sarah. I am. Is, is, where's Jamie from? Indiana. Oh, he is. Okay. Now, Southern Indiana is getting darn close to what's going on in Hazard County, Kentucky. But, oh, right. But you guys are from Fort Wayne, right? We are, yes. Right. But we, you know, I've got cousins that Harlan live in Southern in County. Yeah. Hazard County is where the Duke <laughs> the boys Dukes are. The Dukes of Hazard are from. The Duke there boys are from Hazard County. They're right next door to each other, aren't they? I think someone didn't do their homework. <laughs> I watched that series. Did you notice that on the Wikipedia page, someone had put in Hazard County underneath the wow. Justified entry? Did you so, know I don't I remember who played was the boss- role, but is it possible that Timothy Oliphant and Walton Goggins were coy in Vance? It possibly <laughs> is. It possibly <laughs> is. So anyway, you didn't say that Boss Hogg was your favorite Justified character. I right? did not. Okay. There might okay. be some Indiana. I mean, I don't really know. I have only driven through Indiana, as you are aware. We stone property. Three oh, properties right. in yeah, Indiana. So Gary, Indiana, and Southern Indiana are worlds apart. Yeah. And there's mm-hmm. a whole lot of nothing in between them. Yes. Yeah. But maybe if you, I don't know, maybe Chris speaking on behalf of the state of Ohio, would you think that there would be some sort of points of commonality for Sarah to identify in her justified viewing related to her no. background in Indiana? No. Sarah and I grew up maybe an hour and 15 minutes apart okay. from each other, although we didn't know each other. And we're northern, we're sort of northern Indiana and northern Ohio, and we're much closer to almost to the Minnesota ethic or to the mm-hmm, uh, okay. uh, than than to anything in Harlan County. Right? Kentucky. Do people from Ohio think to themselves growing up, "Geez, I just wish I was from Indiana," or is it vice versa? Okay, Do so people is, from Indiana, I want to weigh in. Kind of have Ohio envy. I live in a very unusual. Not every place is unusual to, to the people who live there, right? Let's remind the, everyone of the town name that you Pioneer, Pioneer Ohio. <laughs> Yes. Pioneer sits, or, or if you're from Pioneer, Pioneer. Yeah. Pioneer. Not sits, to be confused with Pawnee, Indiana. <laughs> correct. <laughs> sits in this narrow band of territory, uh, which is um, straight west of Toledo, Ohio, which was fought over between the, the territories of Ohio and Michigan and what was known as the <clears throat> Ohio and Michigan War uh, in, in an effort to. A little to, known war. Yeah, we don't, yeah. just, not in the history books. Who will well, tell oh, their oh, story, Chris? Oh, we learned about it in Ohio history because here's the thing about some couple hundred odd militia members of both side of both territories squared off in fields just e- just east of, of Pioneer. Was it the Battle of Pioneer? It was not the Battle of Pioneer. Okay. I wish that had been awesome. Um, in an effort Maybe to, there's like a Jimmy in, Horton song about the Battle of Pioneer. There is not. Come Jimmy on, let me get this out. So. Uh, <laughs> The, the thought That's was, right. whoever can control Toledo had a, a leg up in statehood. Of, of, yes. Yes, right? The seat of power. Toledo is like the queen on the chessboard, it right? It really That's is. Right. You've got well, a good zoo. <laughs> Just saying. So here's what happened. The art museum is very nice, too. Toledo. Uh, it is, actually. So here's, here's the thing. So the federal government actually intervened and uh, settled this by force, threatened to, threatened to send in uh, the military if they didn't sort of make peace. And the, and, the, and the arrangement that was made was Ohio got Toledo, but Michigan got to get the UP from Wisconsin. So Wisconsin is the real loser. What here. did Wisconsin they get? They weren't even involved. Poor Wisconsin. Did they just come up to check on it in the summer and found out gone. that Michigan had taken it over? Yep, it's just gone. You know, I'm still kind of hung up on the fact that two people have been to the art museum in Toledo. <laughs> it's really, it's kind of amazing. What it's is their signature amazing. work there? Well, yeah, um, really. they had a Raphael exhibit when yeah. I was a senior in high school. I think that sounds like a traveling exhibit. <laughs> it sure does. It sure no, does. No, it's a um, so Ohio or Toledo was one is known as the Glass City. Owens Corning is there. Is what? 
the Glass City. Oh, the Glass City. GL. Yes, is no, important I, I got gotcha. The Glass okay. City. All right. Um, and there's a lot of old money in Toledo, and that some of that went into the art museum. It's a pretty yeah. nice, hmm. um, pretty nice mid-century. It's interesting American. to think that um, there's a corning where. Like heir and heiress potentially. Mm-hmm. I'm trying. I'm just waiting for the day that someone in my family passes down their very best set of Corningware to me as their legacy. So the the museum itself actually has a very nice national world renowned glass blowing uh, huh. uh, uh, exhibit and then glass exhibits. People people do apprentice there from other parts of the world. Oh cool. Sam, do you have any Corningware? Just out of curiosity, do you and Anne have any corningware? I don't think so, but I think my mom does. Okay. Sometime, maybe not today, but for a future roundtable, I would like to discuss strangest wedding present received. Oh, in. Totally. Yeah. Like, and maybe a little prize for that. Sarah, any corningware? Like, their bakeware. Yeah. Okay. Like, casserole dishes. And I misspoke. It wasn't a Raphael exhibit. It was a Rubens exhibit. The big, robust, rotund characters. Hey, we're about the same age. You know, you probably went on a school field trip, just like I did, to see that That time something was happening in Ohio? Anyway. we did. Hey, when you don't grow up in a metropolitan area, you work with what you got. Here's what's interesting, though, is like... Minnesotans think Minnesota's great, but Minnesota's kind of boring. But notice they're not even taking shots. No. No, no because they can't. Anyway, you said we have some business to get down we to. Do. And we do. This is Amy makes us try stuff. It is. What did we try? We tried Korean food. Okay. At, at Hoban. At Hoban. Or specifically, versions of Bibimbap. Hodor? Well, from Hodor. For, for the G of T watchers in the, in the, in the crowd. And, and the G of T podcast listeners. That's right. Because somebody I know doesn't watch it, but listens to it. Doesn't have so. access to Hodor. it. I should do the so. same thing. Hodor. Yes. So, so I'm uh, starting, we both had versions of Bibimbap. Yeah. I think before we get to that, I want to I try to, to, you know, take a trip back to, you know, before lunch yesterday. What were your experiences beforehand? Yeah. What are the types of foods you like and don't like? Like, let's set the stage for who the characters are who were um, sitting down to this meal. A mm-hmm. bit. So, yeah. So, Chris, tell me a little bit about what are the what type of eater are you? You're an adventurous eater, aren't you? Very adventurous. I have never had something put in front of me and thought I can't eat that. Now, that's not true of me as a kid, as, as Sarah and I were saying. I, I grew up in a rural area, and my food uh, palate was pretty limited as a kid. And didn't make it to Toledo very often. Oh, that's where we went back to school shopping at. I'm sure you did. Yeah, the mall, Franklin Park Mall. Anyway, um, so this is a very local pod for a yeah. place some of us have never been. There we go. I, as an adult, got over some of the things I wouldn't eat as a kid. So as a little kid, I wouldn't eat rhubarb, for example. Mm. Totally like rhubarb now. Onions. Raw tomatoes. Yeah, me too. That was one of my big. Ugh. Well, a lot of kids, I think, are sensitive to really acidic things. That's true. Good point. But you, yeah, you strike me as very adventurous. I am now. Kind of jump so, right in. I'll but that's interesting because now. you not in your household because I know I'm not. It's not a critique, but Stacy's not particularly adventurous. No, she's a classic Midwestern girl. Yeah. Okay. All right, Sarah. I mean, I know you weren't at lunch with us, but how would you classify your eating? Um, I am a fairly adventurous eater. And there's not a lot of stuff I don't like. It just happens to be stuff you like. That's true. So I guess uh, I do really like Korean food, but okay, but not scotch yeah. eggs. Not no, scotch I eggs. hate scotch eggs. Mm. Like my ideal sandwich would be a sandwich that Sarah would not like at all. Which is? It would probably be. I like now that, that I'm old. I like that there's not an actual sandwich. It's just let me find something Sarah wouldn't like, and that would be my. No, idea. but I mean it's true. Like if <laughs> I were true. to like um. 
And again, I didn't like this kind of, Chris, to your point. I certainly did not like, say, egg salad growing up. Oh, I like egg salad. Well, I do too now. So to me, like an egg salad that's loaded with pickles. Would just be delicious with a with nice mustard. smear of mustard, <laughs> a nice smear of mustard, <laughs> and a mustard-based sauce. Um, and Sarah does not care for yellow mustard, pickles, or egg salad. Mm. So that's true. You hit on all three. Yep. Of and them I don't eat them in your presence. So the, actually, yeah, you Sam, you may though. have noticed that several Is there times. Kind of bread you don't like too that we could use. <laughs> In the last few months, when we've been in the dining center, including last night when there's egg salad, my first reaction is not, oh, good, there's egg salad. It's to say, oh, Sarah's not with me. I can go ahead and eat the egg salad because I wouldn't, mm. I would try to, to not eat it in your Sweetie, presence. Sweetie, you can eat it in my presence. I know, but the one I know thing that you I really hate gross. more than egg salad is tuna salad. Really? And so tuna mm. salad is my one request that no one eat in my presence. Or any canned meat salad. Agreed. Yeah. Tuna Agreed. salad is the any only seafood. Meat. In fact, pretty much the only mean. seafood I eat. <laughs> anyway, Sam. I am the least adventurous eater probably here. Probably of the group. Um, yeah. We all have small children. You know how you have your one child who doesn't really eat anything? Yeah. Um, and you hope that they will grow up to be like you and will be an adventurous eater? There's like a probably 60 40 shot they're going to turn out like me. And there's have lots of stuff that they don't like. Now, I'm far more so than I was when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, because like. I wouldn't eat. Uh, I I spent my childhood eating a lot of hamburgers at Chinese restaurants, um, you know, like or hamburgers at any other kind of restaurant. Like I just I don't. I realize, and my dad's never going to listen to this, and my mom's never going to listen to this, so I'll say this. I realize in hindsight, part of it is because I don't think I grew up in a house where people cared about the quality of what you ate okay, that much. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like. My version of Chinese food as a kid was really crappy. So, but like, that's what I thought it was. And then I got to college and people were eating other things. And I was like, that actually looks kind of good. And then I would try it and was like, in fact, it was good. I think what I wasn't eating or didn't like as a kid just actually might not have been that good. So I'm, I, I still have a lot of trauma from that. So I, uh, I, I'm not inclined to want to step outside of my comfort zone, which leads us to Hoban. Yes. Yes, it does. So my challenge for you mm-hmm. during the last podcast was that we were going to try one of two restaurants, mm-hmm. and one of them, which was a Japanese restaurant, Tampopo Noodle Shop in St. Paul, sadly, ironically, decided to close after 17 years. Mm-hmm. And their last service is actually tonight at 5. So um, very difficult to get into, not open at lunch, so all of a sudden, Tampopo got knocked off of the, the running, the potential. However, I would still actually love to have people over for an udon meal, because we now make udon at home. I don't make my own udon noodles, but we do kind of like the whole experience of the type of dinner that we had when we were in Japan. And like, we feel like we've gotten pretty close to not perfecting it, but doing as well as we possibly can, like in our Minnesota kitchen. But so sometime I would like to have theme night and it would be like udon night because Mm. it is delicious and you all would enjoy it. But we decided instead to travel down to Egan, one of our southern suburbs, um, don't spend a whole lot of time in Egan. Don't know do about not. you guys. I live the closest to Egan out of all of us. But to a um, Korean restaurant in a unassuming strip mall um, in Egan. Korean I was going to say, I drove past it twice. Well, did, did you? It's mm. hard. It's kind of tucked back there. And the uh, the navigation system really didn't want us to turn in there. No. Um, <laughs> it's, How did you find this place to begin with? Daniel. Oh. So um, Eric and I, uh, ironically, well, I, I've said that word three times now. I'm going to stop saying that word. Eric? No, ironic. Oh, okay. Um, um, which kind of sounds like 
Eric, but uh, we, two years ago, were invited over to friends for dinner, This these other friends of ours, and um, they lived in Bloomington. And the friend was making this Thai dinner, like a Thai-themed dinner. And I uh, texted her before we left, and I said, is there anything you need? Is there anything, you know, you need us to pick up on the way? And she said, yes. Can you, um, I forgot to get kefir limes. I don't know if you've ever been tasked with going to the store for kefir limes, but let mm-hmm. me tell you who doesn't have them. Grocery At the time, <laughs> Rainbow didn't have them. Cub did not have them. Kowalski's did not have them. Oh. Byerly's did not have them. And so we like stopped. I mean, like, these were all the grocery stores between our home and theirs. Nobody has kefir limes. So I didn't even know what I was looking for. Like, am I looking in the am I looking in the fresh produce section? Mm-hmm. Am I looking in the um, you know the, the ethnic food aisle? Are they dried? Is, like, is what kefir limes deal? a DVD from Redbox? Well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. But you didn't want to let her down because we're having this sort of authentic meal and they're like essential to the meal. So we just started, when we were on our last grocery store stop, which was this Kowalski's in Egan, as mm-hmm. a matter of fact, we um, Googled like Asian grocer thinking, mm-hmm. well, that's our sort of next best bet. And sure enough, we actually found this Asian grocer, Paradise Grocery, um, down in Egan, which wasn't too far from where we were. And in fact, they had kefir limes. And, and Eric actually loves Asian grocery stores. He has lived a few different countries in Asia in his day. And so we like have now been to that grocery store multiple times. Anyway, yeah. all of that to say that when we were driving to the Asian grocery store, we passed the strip mall that was over on the side of Highway 13. Mm-hmm. And it was Hoban. And we were like, oh. We've known, and Eric said, I wonder if they have Korean barbecue, if they have like grill at the table barbecue, because this mm-hmm. is something he had craved for years. And it always said Minnesota does not have anywhere that's grill at the table Korean barbecue. Um, and so then fast forward a year later, we are having dinner with um, Dan Yim and his wife, Heather. And Eric brings up like, is there anywhere to get Korean barbecue? Because Dan is very in the know about multiple different types of restaurants, but happens to be Korean American. And so knows quite a bit about like the Korean food scene in the cities. And he said, you know, there isn't, but there is this there's this very good family-owned Korean restaurant that's been there for 20-some years called Hoban. We were like, we have passed Hoban. So then um, the next week, Eric and I um, went to Hoban for dinner and really, really enjoyed it. And I had never had Korean food, actually, um, Eric had, so he kind of could help with the menu a bit. But I just... I thought it was delicious. I liked that it sort of represented a little bit of kind of Eric's um, adventure, adventure, adventurous spirit as mm-hmm. it comes to food. Mm-hmm. It was reminiscent of him. Of he lived in Singapore for a long um, stretch of time, and Singapore um, has a very international food scene. So there's Chinese influences, and there's Cantonese. There, I mean, there's Cantonese Chinese and other types of Chinese and there's Korean and there's Japanese and all these anyway. And also it just kind of represented too. Dan often is a restaurant recommender for Hmm. us as well as, I mean, Sarah and I have traveled and we've been in New York city and eaten at restaurants that Dan has recommended to us. We've been in Chicago and eaten at restaurants Dan has recommended to us. So also just kind of, to me is sort of a, you know, somebody tells you about something and it was sort of an honoring of friendship in a way. And, um, Mm -hmm. I just think of Dan when I'm there. So I thought that you guys might enjoy the experience as well. So we sat down and uh, we let Amy order. So can you tell us what uh, what, what we ordered? Yeah. So we ordered, um, uh, I say it, bop. You said it a little bit different. I said bibimbap. Bibimbap. All right. I say bibimbap. Um, and so we got the hot clay stone bibimbap. So you can have cold bibimbap, which like is more of a broth-based um, dish that has rice or noodles, some type of meat, and then other um, other vegetables, some um, steamed vegetables, some fermented vegetables. But Eric introduced me to like the, the hot stone clay pop 
bibimbap, um, which so it comes in this bowl that is a that is a clay bowl mm-hmm. that has been I don't know heated to what. What do they do into that bowl? I assume it is in some kind of oven. very hot yeah. oven, very hot oven, or even like a like a wood fired oven. I'm not sure. It's not but smoky so, though. It's not smoky, but Sarah, like the bowl is. I mean, you can't touch it. It it's comes probably on about four fifty. Yeah, it comes degrees. on a little wooden platter so that it doesn't like burn. It's kind of like you know when you get even your feet is coming out chilly. Yeah, ex- <laughs> that is exactly what I was thinking. So, but the bowl has rice in it, and then you have your meat and um, various vegetables. Ours right. had bean sprouts and carrots and what did we say? Zucchini or it was cucumber? A little bit of cucumber, some bok choy. Um, and then we had, Chris had seafood, Sam had steak, I had the chicken, um, bip and bop. And the, the tastiest part of it probably is that the, the bowl is kind of, they put rice in the bowl and they actually push the rice sort of in, into the bowl so that it is sort of caked up against the, the, um, the heat of the clay. And else in, in the middle of the rice. And it, yes. And it, and there's a, there's an egg on top. There's a over, or there's a, um, raw a raw, well, it might wasn't, it's not raw. Because if it was raw, the white wouldn't have been cooked, and the white was cooked. Yeah, it was, so a, it was an over easy. It was an over easy. Yep. And so you you break the egg over the top, and your bowl is just like steaming. And then you let the rice sit against the side of your bowl. And then after a few minutes, you actually kind of scrape the rice away, and it's like crunchy, and it's like delicious. Like the uh, rice has sort of been toasted. And, then and you, you kind of want to do that because if you leave it on there too long, it'll it'll burn. Yeah, it would get burned if you left it too long. So you kind of let it sit for a few minutes. We started with pajang, like a um, with the uh, Korean pancake, so which was uh, had green onions in it. Ours mm-hmm. did, and it was just kind of the standard type. Last time I was there, we had the kimchi um, pajang, which was also very tasty. So there's this big pancake that comes out on a plate, and it's cut up into squares, and you dip it into the sauce. And I'm on gonna you- say that looked awful. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Like when it when he put it out there, I looked at it and thought, hmm. I, I don't know. Like I don't know. I thought I like I didn't thing. actually know what was in it. I thought it, it seemed like some kind of green bean when you looked at it. Like I wasn't <laughs> sure what it was. Sam, you don't want a green bean waffle? Come on, what's up, man? No, it was. It looked really, really kind of gross. But you know, Amy makes us try things, so we yeah, do. It actually was great, <laughs> and I it was really, really good. It. And I don't even know what's in the pancake. Like I don't know what to say. I mean, so it's, it's kind of savory. It's, kind of, it's, a, it's egg. I mean, there's a it's, lot it's, of egg. It's an eggy batter. Yep, and yeah. there's obviously some kind of flour in there, but mm-hmm. I'm not even sure that it's white flour. I don't know if it's a rice flour. Like, I'm not it was sure. Really, really, but good. it's really good. And so you can get this pancake filled with a bunch of different things. So like you can have one that is filled, like I said, with kimchi. Eric and I had that last time. It was very good, but just way too heavy. Kind of like we we ordered way too much food last time. So I didn't want to go that route, but um, it's a good gateway pancake. Um, and so then we had our bip and bop. And um, so reviews. Tell me what you thought. Tell me about the experience. Tell me about the utensils you had to use. Tell me about the experience. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to start by saying I'm not good with chopsticks. I tried for you a did. while. You and did I, try. I, and it was pretty pathetic. But then eventually I stopped doing that, and that made eating a lot easier. Because they just give you chopsticks and a big spoon. Yep. I mean, that's yep. it. No for And, like, just... the spoon felt like I wasn't quite sure if that was just for, like, scooping things. You weren't really yes. supposed to eat with it. But it was it worked fine. <laughs> um, I, when I looked at the bowl, like, again, I'm trusting Amy. Like, because I, I, it's not mixed up. Like, I like, like, fried rice or something where there's stuff in it and you don't really worry about it. So I was like, well, maybe it'll be like that. But I saw it and, like, stuff wasn't mixed. It was like, here's uh-huh. where the green stuff is. Yeah, and like, here's, here's the this. bean sprout pile. Yeah. Here's the, yeah. So, like, my first instinct was to think, well, do I, like, take out the stuff that looks really bad? But I thought, no, I'm not going to do that. So I kind of watched what Amy did and sort of followed suit. Um, and what was amazing about it, like with, like, and, I, again, I really like fried rice. Like with that, like, once you mixed it up, like, I wasn't aware of any of the component parts. It was just really good. 
And especially, like, when you got a little piece of the rice that was on the edge, like you said, that's kind of crunchy, like, that was also really, really good. It was delicious. It was super filling. It was, it was super re- filling. And that's another thing, like, sometimes with, with Asian food, like, I don't always feel like it's super filling, but that was... It was a Hearty. huge meal. It was great. But not, like, heavy in its own way. No, not no, no. Not oily, yeah. not, like, fried. Nothing about it except the egg, I guess, is yeah. fried. But have you ever had bibimbap, Sarah? I have. I had it once with aforementioned Dan and Heather. Oh, well, there and, we go. Um, At Hoban? No. Uh, the um, the Taste Korean restaurant that's in the um, global market. Okay. Building. Oh, at um, um, at Rabbit. Ra- White Rabbit? Or Rabbit yeah, Hole? Rabbit, Rabbit Hole. Hole. Mm-hmm. And uh, they ordered several Korean things fusion. for us, and Delish. that was one of them. And, uh, yeah, like, I just remember my mouth being so happy for hours, yeah. days after that. Yeah. Rabbit hole is delicious. Yes. Dan, um, just to make you feel better about your chopsticks, I've thought I could eat with chopsticks for, like, decades. And Dan told me that if I ever ate with the chopsticks <gasps> around his mother the way that I eat with them that she would slap me on the hand with her own chopsticks because oh. would she then give you a spoon or at least yeah, give really? me a spoon or, do you or just fork? Not get to eat no i would have happens. to sit there until i could learn how to hold them properly and and might i say this is all because my chopsticks it's not like i hold it you know like a stabbing fork and you know. i did a little bit of that <laughs> so, just because but it's, there's a slight cross they're supposed to be parallel the whole time that you're eating and mm. mine just ever so slightly cross at the tip and that's apparently horrible manners interesting mm. well and you're not supposed to i know erica taught me years ago that when you're done eating you do not put your chopsticks you not stick them Upright. Upright oh. in your leftovers. That's, yep, very, that's, that's very offensive. So I know, Sam, I did look over at you one point, and I think I did say something to the effect of, like, you, you're you good. You can be done with that now, meaning the chopsticks. No, I, know, I, like, I needed that need because, be like, because I was going to – I was afraid of the right because it's, like – It's hard. I could, no. The pancake, I kind of could have yep, imagined you. a little, but, like – I don't. I don't do the. I can't like scoop and I, well, it's just. Often with chopsticks, you hold the bowl very close to your mouth. True, to you scoop could not. Stuff do, in yeah, them, you just you gotta be over it. I suppose. It seems like these were invented to make fun of people who weren't good at sports. Like yeah, oh, right. yeah. These I know. Even, these were even not. You know, with wooden chopsticks because they have a little bit of um, roughness to them. They're much. They're useful, but these were. Metal these slick. were metal chopsticks. So, I mean, it was like yeah. slippery, slippery, yeah. slippery. Chris, how was yours? Okay, so I want to give some context here. Yeah. Um, because this is sort of, uh, I feel like the shoes in their foot here. I was the, by far, the laggard when it came to watching Justify. But I had a little bit of background experience when it came to Bebop. Oh, okay. So, uh, my first experience with the Bob, if you were, as you will. Oh, sure. Is <laughs> Surprised it wasn't initials of some kind. BDC, he said on. to us yesterday. You called it BDC. I did. Bip and Bob, you did. I regret it immediately. Um, off Central Avenue uh, in north north of oh. Minneapolis, there's a play. There's a Korean grocery store called Dong Yang. Okay. And if you walk through the back of the Korean grocery store, there's a little tiny lunch counter back there with these like three Korean grandmothers making food for oh. you. And it's they're very they're nice as long as you order exactly what's on the menu. There's almost a little bit of a tinge of soup Nazi to them. If you try to make, ask for any substitute, I learned this because my wife asks for lots of substitutions. Oh. If you ask for any substitutions, uh, they'll just not serve you. Yeah. Uh, no. So you so you you ask what's on the menu and that's it. And I, so I had bibimbap there too. And this was this was pretty similar. I would say if anything, this was. Um, Maybe a little tastier. Uh, I, I think that, that some of the condiments were, were, were really good here that the one we had. But 
I, I, I kind of wonder sometimes about the origins of food and why, why, why we cook food the way we do and the origins of some of these recipes. I wonder if – I don't know the origins of, of, uh, of uh, bibimbap um, and where it comes from, if it's a relatively new dish, if this is hmm. a Korean-American dish versus a Korean dish. I don't know if it's something you would get in Seoul. And if you if you do, I wonder like where does that come from? Is this sort of a communal meal type thing where right. everyone grabs a hot bowl and then fills up what they right? Is it street have? food? Is it street food? Yeah, yeah. or is this considered mm-hmm. high cuisine? It doesn't feel like high questions. cuisine. It feels yeah. more like street food. Um. So would we say that we're two for two? Oh yeah, oh, yeah I would yeah, definitely do this again. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And, and and I have to say like like I am married to someone who is a far more adventurous eater and wishes we could go to other places. Mm-hmm. And it's like. Now I feel like, oh, I could go here. Like, that would be yeah. fun because, like, I really right. like that. And Once you find your one go-to thing you could order. That's what I need, mm-hmm. you know. Like, like now this this is now a possible restaurant because I can imagine what I would get. And yeah. it was really good. And can I just point out that I feel like another thing that Ann Britt would enjoy about Hoban, which we just did not even bring up in this conversation oh, yeah. thus far. Sarah, you. it is also a karaoke restaurant. So oh, there, are, there are six different karaoke rooms that you can reserve starting at noon. Where you can karaoke with your friends in a nice, quiet, private environment with a uh, two-way glass or rubber glass where you can't just see. One they sure do. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, they do. Here's the thing. When we went into the restaurant, I didn't realize that. I didn't realize it was a karaoke mm. restaurant as well. And so when I excuse myself to use the bathroom, I come into this hallway where there's like a sign for the restrooms. I walk through that doorway. I'm in a hallway with a bunch of small rooms with mirrored windows. And I started to wonder what the heck was going on. Seriously? <laughs> like, did, funny. did I stumble into like a psychology lab somewhere? Yep. So I made my way past all these little rooms, wondering if anyone was watching right. me. And then I got back in the very back to, to the bathrooms. And I yep. came back, what is this? And so then I, and I yep. came out the front door and saw there was a karaoke restaurant. Yep. Um, the Minneapolis St. Paul unit of the FBI does not headquarter down in Hoban, again, <laughs> sharing a space with Hoban. Yes. So, but well, I'm thrilled. That's exactly what I would want is that yep. it's some place that you would return to that you could potentially take your family to because it's not overwhelming to figure out what mm-hmm. to have. So yep. I'm pleased with this one. I feel like well this went done. Well. Yeah. And a, and, make us try something. Yes. And a much less intensive type of try. So yes, yeah. that's good. All right. So. Are you ready for your next assignment? I am. I'm ready for my next assignment. I'm I'm full. My belly's full. I'm ready for my next assignment. You're ready for your next assignment. Mm -hmm. So this one is twofold. Okay. Okay. So this one involves a, a, um, active component with your family as well as a, um, a physical challenge. There's, there's, there's the, uh, there's compulsory exercise and then, and then the free form. Yes. All right. So both of these are actually going to, we're going to, okay. So our first challenge watching justified had to do with like a viewing experience. Mm -hmm. Our second experience had to do with an eating experience and enjoying Mm -hmm. cuisine. We're going to merge those two this time. So this is going to require both viewing as well as eating. Okay. Okay? So one of my, um, when I'm watching television programs, when I'm binge watching something, um, and, and lately it feels like a lot of what I have been binge watched in the last two years has been maybe more dark. I mean, justified Mm. isn't super dark and it's certainly not dark. If you also happen to be like, watching game of thrones or you're watching breaking bad or yeah i don't i don't yes i know that's one of yours the point is is so i like to have sort of on the side what i call a palate cleanser i like to have a show that i can go to that does not take a lot of intellectual investment per se that i can even if i only watch one every two weeks or something like that she's gonna make us watch the big bang theory (laughs) oh that's (laughs) my favorite show that sarah makes us try stuff is it really Uh uh-huh we used to we watched big bang theory when we lived in england because we would get really lonely for a home and we just needed something funny and so we would watch big 
sleeping theory at night. So, so that has like a special place in my heart as very much a palate cleanser. But, um, I, when we lived in, this goes back to when we lived in England, um, England has their own, their own genre of reality television programming. Mm -hmm. And so we started watching, I had a couple of, um, favorite programs that were akin to what we would find on HGTV. Some of them were about, you know, people looking for houses, Mm -hmm. um, uh, location, location, location was the, the favorite show that I would watch starring the host Kirstie and Phil. Um, anyway, one of the things that struck me about British reality television is that there's absolutely no need for resolution. Like you watch an Mm. episode and like, it doesn't come to any kind of conclusion. So you watch an episode where people are looking at three different houses and at the end Mm. they're like, no, we're not really ready to buy a house. What? Oh yeah. Oh, that was crazy. Or it's, well, we're still in the midst of deciding, or we didn't really like any of these, or we're going to wait another year till we retire. And it wouldn't, I mean, this happens all the time. Like you never got that little 30 second follow up of them in the house like showing the that everything was sure like fake the reality shows like the Americans. Well, exactly. But so there's no resolution, right? So there's no, this is just about watching people. It isn't actually, I mean, it's just sort of like a window into daily life. And so, um, I, I, I kind of got used to that. I mean, after a while, I sort of came to appreciate it for what it was. And then shortly after moving home from England, um, in the Downton Abbey craze, when we would be watching Downton Abbey, when I think it was season three of Downton Abbey was airing on PBS, and it airs in England in the fall, the U.S. in the spring. When it was airing in the spring, um, the show preceding Downton Abbey was, um, was well, in Britain, they call it Bake Off. In America, we call it Great British Breaking Show. Okay. So it's the same show. Are you familiar with it? I am. Have you seen any I of it? I not. Okay. <laughs> All righty then. Don't You're they, familiar with it, Sam. they cook in a giant tent or something? They cook in a giant tent and they Why? cook on an English estate. Because it's what they do. So it, okay. so Great British Baking Show always takes place in the summer. They film one season a summer. It is average, normal, everyday home bakers who try out for Great British Baking Show. Mm -hmm. Um, There are, I believe, 12 who are chosen to start out the, the quote, season. And these are like, they don't even do this, say, in, you know, three consecutive weeks. They spend the summer coming Mm -hmm. every weekend and participating in the competition. And there are contestants everywhere from, like, literally, there's always, like, one student who's finishing high school, if you Mm -hmm. will, to, like, retired police sergeants. Of course. To, like, surgeons. And they're all... So, so here's the thing. So here's why I'm going to ask you to watch season three, available on Netflix. Oh, not the new one. Okay. No. So, all right, all right. No, no, no. Because they've actually changed the new season of Great British Baking Show coming out has different hosts oh. and different, like, judges. And I'm not excited about that at all because that's one of the things I love about is it, it Steven so Tyler? It's Steven Tyler, it isn't, isn't it? It isn't Steven Tyler, but <laughs> that would be funny. No. So I'm going to actually have you watch season three. My... I don't want to taste this. Um, so... And why haven't you watched season three? Because every season I've watched, I just like the people more and more and think, how am I ever going to like people as much as I did in season one? (laughs) And then how am I ever going to like people as much as I did in season two? And this is what reality television should be. There is no snarkiness. Mm. There is no backstabbing. Mm -hmm. There is no, like swearing like there is like everything that's gone wrong oh bother from the well maybe that everything that has gone off the rails with american reality television television has like been preserved in this one show it is delightful it is a crowd pleaser i don't know anyone who i've forced to watch this who doesn't enjoy it whether they are young or old male or female am i the only one at the table who watched the one and only one season of the great american bake because it was terrible jeff foxworthy because it was terrible (laughs) it was terrible it was terrible this show is classy 
the col- the soft pastel colors, it epitomizes. You're not going to hear the phrase throw under the bus? You are not. Instead, you're going to hear phrases like, and you referenced this a couple weeks ago, Sam, which clued me in that you'd probably seen it. Does it have a nice bake on it? Good bake. It is... And let me just say, I'm not ruining this mm-hmm. for any of you, but these people compete, and I'm just going to put it on your radar, you're going to be shocked at what they compete for, like what the prize is, mm. because this epitomizes like what matters in Great Britain when you like see what the prize is. So the two hosts for Great British Baking Show, the two judges rather, are a, um, a, um, an, a, a baker and um, pastry chef named Paul Hollywood. Nice. All right. And then Mary Berry, who is the English. Really? She's the English Martha Stewart. She has had her own baking program since without the 1960s. Without the prison, right? Without the prison. Without, right, ouch. Yeah. Um, well, she, who do we have to protect? Well, Martha Stewart? I know. She's got that bracelet off now. So um, Mary Berry is England's Martha Stewart. She's had her own show since the 1960s. Multiple books. I mean, she is like the unofficial queen of England, mm-hmm. really. She's 82 years old. She's a delight. So they're employing the elderly, which I think is fabulous. They're not ageist whatsoever. And the show is hosted by, and this is another thing that I love about Britain, two female comics. They're kind of like the Tina Fey and um, Amy Poehler of England. Um, Mel, and I can never pronounce her last name, it's Gidrock and Sue Perkins. And they're hilarious. And they're like double entendres. I kind of think, in- think like you and Shady is like the uh, Faye and Polar. It is, it is like Thank that. Thank you. I mean, it is. So anyway, I I give this show. Justified was a, a big ask. I give this show to you as a gift. Yeah. I present it as a gift. Mm-hmm. Um, one season, I think, has like nine episodes. They're like 42 minutes long. Okay. Stacy will enjoy it. Can I ask you one know? question? Yes. What episode... Does Walton Goggins come out and make like a Spaska-shaped lemon chiffon cake? It never happens. It never happens. I love what you learn about British culture. I love what they call things. Remember that um, biscuits are what we call cookies. Sure. Right? So remember that. But, I mean, it's just... I enjoy it so much. Like, my kids enjoy it. Even my spouse likes it. I watch it with my mother. And it's just... To me, it is like everything I want Britain to be. It's multicultural. It like I mean, it is... It is just like, it is a total palate cleanser. Like you cannot not like it. So I'm putting that challenge out there right now. And you will like feel better about humanity. You will want to do things for nothing. All right. So then here's your second challenge. Are we we up for that challenge? Is that okay? Oh, oh, that's the first part. That's just the first part. Okay. Yes. Well, okay. this is an easy one for me because yes, we are big fans of the show. I've already seen it's it. my I've seen multiple. But you're going to have to watch wow. season three again. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like okay. this, this will be an easy ask because my daughter, in her regular, what she wants to watch rotation is the Andy Griffith show, which oh, she's hilarious. seen every episode of, and the Great British Baking Show, yeah. which she's seen every episode okay. of. So we'll just yes. we'll, we'll run it back. And I know we're short on time, so very quick challenge here. And Sarah, I would encourage you to try these challenges as I feel you would enjoy both of them very much. But even if you don't want to commit to the Great British Bake Off or Baking Show, here is what I think you all should try, and you are already familiar with this podcast listeners, if you were listening to an early round table, table the Marlenka Cake round table, I want you to try Pirate Dinner in your own homes. Oh. So Pirate Dinner, Sarah looks shocked. <laughs> pirate Dinner includes um, people inviting people to your home who see themselves as outside the law. Um, no, it is, uh, you make a meal for your family that can be consumed with hands, okay? But it needs to be not like you just made them sandwiches. Like, one of my favorite Pirate Night meals is like cooking up tater tots in the oven and then maybe like roasting sausages and then cutting them into pieces. And then you cover either your uh, living room coffee table or you can use your dining room table, but that's a little less fun. You cover it with newspaper, you dump the meal out onto the newspaper and your kids get to eat it with their hands and you have nothing for them but whatever sauces they want and a roll of paper towels. 
and it's called pirate dinner and the rules are off the table. We don't have to follow like typical kind of like etiquette guidelines. We have pirate dinner maybe once every other month or so, and it's just fun and your kids will really like it. And actually, if you think about it, eating like say tater tots and sausage, we probably basically would eat them the way that we eat them without the pirate night component anyway, Mm -hmm. but it's something that our kids just super look fun to and it's really fun and enjoyable and it will create a great family memory. So I'm going to encourage you to try pirate night. No utensils. Newspaper, paper towels. Can I ask, That's it. is there any guidelines for what's serving Pirate Night? I mean, you said no sandwiches, for example. Well, like no sandwiches. Like it needs to be something that like you probably would... Normally, usually, like yeah, shrimp boil. Well, kind yeah. of, yeah. I think yeah, like low country boil. Said. It's mm-hmm. kind of like low country boil. I mean, it's the, the concept is the same, but you kind of have to get creative and think about it. Like, think about what could you eat? Can you? Without- can you? Well, so is the is the challenge to do it or to be creative about it or like? You've recommended certain items. Like, what are other potential soup. items that could? Oh, I think because I like the idea potatoes. you said on on the Marlika cake episode. My kid loves oatmeal. A miracle of honey. Yes, we're having a side conversation. Yes, so, you, you know, you Jeez. guys are on mic here. <laughs> like, um, I like the idea of that it's all in a bag and it just sort of gets tossed out. Yeah. Right? So, like, what are other items you might put in that bag? Oh, like I do a meal where we do. Um, this is kind of like I call it the medieval times meal. Like I have this really good chicken rub, and I'll do all roasted thighs and chicken legs, and I roast that in the oven, and then I just toss. <laughs> Like toss all that meat out there, and um, you know, or we've we've actually even done like a salad type. Like we've had like build your own salad, only like you build Just it in front of, of you, and then you eat it. So I think having some type of meal. Or, I mean, some type of meat is good because you can just, like I said, roast something, grill something, uh, grilled items um, work really well. Um, I mean, yes, like we, we even do what we call French dinner. Sam, I told you about this, but this is where we kind of combine one other meal we eat with Pirate Night, which is where we do meats and cheeses. And, like, we, I pull I pull apart, like, a, a loaf of sourdough bread, like, pull it apart into small pieces and just dump that all out. And then people have, like, oil and vinegar. And they have, um, you know, they just eat meat and cheese and, like, nuts and cut up fruit we just kind of plop it all out there oh I, the wheels are spinning i mean yeah. because I'm, I'm i'm kind of planning a pirate night now to coincide with the opening of dead man tell no tales coming oh, up there soon. you go um what, but, what, what'd you say the uh rotten tomato score is going to be on dead man tell no tales i don't know oh, that's 27%. a good percent i was gonna say like 87 oh, oh no 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 wow Wow. It's not going to be 27, but it's going to be a lot closer to that. I'm thinking 38. But I think that the um, Rotten Tomatoes score for Pirate Night is going to be 89. There we go. <laughs> so anyway, but I know we're probably short on time. So. Wow. Well, I'm uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to try this. Well, this is actually it's a really good. It's summer great for summer. It's great for summer because you can because yep. you can leisurely work your way through the Great British Baking Show. It'll make you want to cook, and then you can make some pirate night. And mm-hmm. yeah, any any advice quickly on how to handle your dog? Like, does Tess get to participate oh. in pirate night? Because Maggie's mm-hmm. would be all over. No, no, that. no, no, no. So we're Tess gonna... has to stay on her little bed, or we put her in our kennel during pirate night. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, but yeah, wow. no, this will be a good one for summer. Great. Well, this yep. uh, this has been Amy makes us try stuff. Um, you listeners at home, try it. Like, do it. Try Pirate Night. I don't know Night. if you can watch Justified. I don't know if you can go to Hoban. You definitely can try Pirate Night, though. Yep, you can. This is an easy one. So thanks, friends. I Absolutely. think you're going to you like it. All right. Okay. We will We will touch base at some point. Um, this it may also be the last podcast on the network for uh, – last regular podcast for a while because – Oh, really? I got some summer plans, man. Oh, good. I, was gonna, I wasn't going to commit you to anything, but I'm around. So yep. um, don't, uh, don't delete the feed because there's going to be – intermittent things coming this summer. So uh, we will be talking to you soon.